Hey, welcome to the Impact Podcast by Youthopia. Join me in meeting the youth of Singapore who are making a positive impact to the world around them. So today's episode is a little special. Instead of just one guest like we usually have, we have two. So Rachel and Rupa are leaders of Bye Bye Plastic Bag SG, a global movement led by youths around the world that aims to reduce plastic bag usage through education campaigns and political meetings. Hi Rachel, hi Rupa, thanks for joining me today. Hi! Hi! <laughs> Very excited to be here. Yeah, Good to have you guys. Too, yeah. So we're going to have a discussion today to talk a bit more about how Singaporeans can take action in living sustainably by doing small things like reducing their plastic bag usage and kind of giving up a little bit of their convenience. So I'm going to count on you guys to kind of <laughs> give me some tips on how to do that. Cool? Yeah. Yeah. Okay, of course. so I think first things first, um, Bye Bye Plastic Bags is a global movement, right? So I think it's really cool that you guys are the representatives for Singapore. Tell me, first of all, why plastic bags, like, specifically? Um, okay, so I think plastic bags is something that we overlook a lot. It's something that Singaporeans use all the time, like, I mean, it's our culture. We are super kiasu, right? Mm-hmm. You go and you see, you see people just like taking two or three plastic bags just for one item. Mm-hmm. And so, sometimes they even double bag exactly, it, Exactly, right? yeah. So, um, I mean, for us, obviously, it's super frustrating to see that. But I think a lot of people don't really see the issue with it. I think more recently, people see the issue. But before that, it was very overlooked. And I think we really wanted to like address these issues and make sure that people um. understand why plastic bags are so um, detrimental to society and the environment as a whole. Yeah, I think um, for me, why plastic bags was more like because I joined Bye Bye Plastic Bags when I first came out of poly and I was like, um, I really want to get into an environmental movement and then that's how I managed to cross like um this youth movement that was at that time led by Sarah. And then, you know, after understanding a little bit more about like the plastic issue in Singapore, I decided that this is really like a great initiative to start. That's why I'm here for about <laughs> two years. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Cool. I think that plastic bag as a means of reducing plastic bag usage has been I guess quite uh, one of the first few, I would say, like global ini- uh, not global initiatives, like local initiatives that Singapore has been a bit more um, progressive on. I would mm. say like taking the charging for plastic bags and stuff like that, right? Yeah. As part mm-hmm. of their waste management movement in general. Um, how do we? I think my question is how. What would your advice be on how to make plastic reduction, uh, more sustainable or like a long term kind of element of our livelihoods instead of you know it just being a fad because I think it could quite easily just be we talk about it and then we don't follow through with the action right Mm -hmm. I think when we talk about like individual action obviously like reducing plastic bags and bringing your own tote bag is like so tiring Mm -hmm. it's like so much extra effort you need to put in it's like I get that it's totally out of our comfort zone and I think a lot of people think that you know now it's sort of like a trend to be like environmentally sustainable like it's like a hashtag and all of these things but it's more than that it's not just something that you do for one month it's and you're environmentally conscious because you actually consciously have to be environmentally conscious and like bring your own tote bags and stuff like that. And mm-hmm. um, it's important to go out of your your comfort zone for that. And I think for that, you need a mindset change. Mm-hmm. And getting a mindset change isn't that easy. It's like building a habit. It's like learning the guitar, you know. You take time to learn it. You take time to grow the skill. And then you have to make sure that you consistently practice it to make sure that you're skilled at it and that you're good at it in the end. And just like that, environmental habits, you have to do this, do it the same way. Um you know, you can't just do it one day and then not do it the other. Um, and 
like again it's like, it's like a habit change and it's not easy and when you want to care about this cause you there's a lot of different ways that you can go about doing it it's not just like reading academic articles like i think when i first en- entered the environmental sphere i found it really intimidating like mm. seeing all these big words being thrown out i was mm. like okay this is maybe not for me i don't really <laughs> understand what's going on <laughs> but really like i think organizations like ours like bye bye plastic bags we try to make it make very complex issues very digestible and accessible for everyone i think that's mm. what is important so i think a very simple thing that i did when i first started out was just basically follow local environmental groups mm. and that really helped me a lot and that made me like learn more about these topics rather than just like i mean yeah okay i can google it but like you know i'm lazy so <laughs> i can just see it when i'm like scrolling through my feed seeing like other people's like in the days but i can also learn more about the environment i thought that was pretty cool and that's how i kind of started and slowly built up on my habits yeah i think um i definitely agree with what rupa has said but you know the whole idea of like being environmentally conscious and all that is also a privilege that mm. a lot of people don't really address because not a lot of people in like other countries especially when you don't have the resources like a tote bag and all that sometimes plastic bags are your only choice and in Singapore um, a lot of people um, sort of like make the okay they justify why they take plastic bags as, as a way to sort of dispose trash so unless we can find a more effective way in Singapore to sort of like manage trash it's very difficult to convince Singaporeans to um, entirely stop using plastic bags because we are not allowed to throw trash just right down the chute because mm-hmm. that is a lot of um hygiene purposes. hygiene purposes and health. We don't want roaches and mm-hmm. whatever pests and what whatsoever to infest. So we do understand that um in terms of plastic bag is like it has a certain sort of like usage in Singapore, but. Um, I guess like for bye-bye plastic bags, it's really about like reducing it and like really not taking more than what you need. So it's kind of like if you're eating your Thai fun, you know, you don't <laughs> want to like pack your Thai fun in another bag and then put it into another bag and then tie it up and then throw it down. So it's kind of really like um just using as little as you can and that's kind of like a good first step. And I think being environmentally conscious really comes from like understanding what's um, happening around the world and when you really feel like that anger and that sadness that like the planet that you're living on is really like um, you know not sustainable anymore and you know for future generations especially if you're thinking about like your own children or like even like even currently now like people who do not live in Singapore they are actually you know experiencing a lot of this environmental hazards and all this kind of climate change it's just we don't experience it that much in Singapore so you really need to be able to feel that kind of sadness and that anger and that frustration and then you'll feel driven to be like you know what I want to step up and like do something about it and then that's where you can actually do like small steps to kind of change your habit yeah Mm. so I hear you guys um I think that definitely like asking people to you know touch on their intrinsic um, like love for the planet, like humanity, are good um, motivations for trying to be more conscious about plastic bag usage. But I think sometimes instances where, you know, it's just very unavoidable and it's just, mm-hmm. you, you end up in a situation where, for instance, that day I went to buy, um, I went to buy what? Uh? I went to buy... <laughs> I went to buy Tesi Kosong Ping. And then I went to the uncle and I told him Tesi Kosong Ping. And as I was taking out my money, he had put the plastic bag, uh, sorry, the, the plastic cup into a plastic bag already. And mm. I wanted to tell him, I usually tell him, uncle, don't need plastic bag, right? But he really put it in. Then I'm like, uh, uh, I don't need the plastic bag, but I know he's he's just not going to hear me. So in the end, he just handed me the whole thing and I'm right. just like, okay, I'm resigned to just taking this plastic bag, right? So in, in such instances, what can we do? You know, like how can we, what, what actions can be taken? 
I think my advice for you is that when you know that this uncle is very kanchong, you know, so next time when you go there, you already tell uncle, uncle, I'm a tesi kosong ping. No plastic bag. No plastic bag. Just straight up and like put it out there or like really even before you take out your money, right, you can just let the uncle know, oh, uncle, no plastic bag. Mm. Usually they'll look at you funny because they're like, oh, our Singaporean culture is like, if I pay 150, I should make my 150 worth. worth it. So mm. I should take the plastic bag, I should take the straw, I should take whatever that I can for free. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but I, I think that's a really bad mindset. We should really like erase that. But again, I think it's okay to make mistakes once in a while. I think mm. that's part Thank of you. the process. Yeah, mm. no, like really, really, it's part of the process. I feel mm. like no one can be perfect in the environmental like journey. Like mm. it's all these imperfections that make like all of us like human and all of us like want to improve ourselves. If we are perfect from the start, then we, we feel we'll, we'll become complacent. We wouldn't want to learn more. And yeah, that's that's not good also. I also make mistakes all the time. Sometimes I go and like the same thing has happened to me like just a few days ago and it was super unavoidable. I couldn't do anything. But, um, you know, of course I made sure that I used the plastic bag afterwards, you know. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, but like, yeah, it's it's okay to feel bad. It's okay to, to make mistakes. It's all part of the journey. Yeah. Mm. And like sometimes it's like not even like the person give you the bag, but like you have no choice but to need it because you forget to bring your own mm, bag. Correct. And this happens to me like, I guess like a couple of times, but now that like I'm more aware, I don't make these kind of mistakes anymore. At least mm. I try not to let myself make yeah. these mistakes. So if I know I want bubble tea on that day, I will make sure to bring my cup, make sure to bring my straw. I'm, I'm castle the, the other way now. Now I bring like two tote bags, two la- two lunch boxes, <laughs> like two <laughs> bottles, like just to make sure I don't like screw up in any way. Yeah. Okay, but you, 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 I think it's interesting because you see, Rupa, you just said that you bring two of everything yeah. now, right? <laughs> but it's, the Singaporean way of like living is like to live comfortably. And mm-hmm. I think I hear this often also. Sometimes I think like, okay, I'm going to go out, right? Then I plan all the things I need to bring out for the day. Mm-hmm. Then I'm like, okay, if I add an extra bottle into my bag, mm-hmm. it's going to be so heavy. And then I'm carrying a tote bag and then my shoulder's just aching, right? So I'm like, you know what? I can get a plastic bottle outside <laughs> yeah. and drink yeah. water from that instead. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. I think my question is, how can we make it, how can we live sustainably mm-hmm. and yet like not give up? that kind of, like, convenience or, like, comfort in our lives? I think, right, like, to be environmentally conscious and to, like, be sustainable, you definitely have to give up that idea of comfort, but it's not, like, suddenly, like, make all these drastic changes. It's more like a step-by-step thing. So if you know that, like, um, you tend to get drinks or you get thirsty outside and you don't want to, like, kind of, like, buy a new bottle, you maybe can opt to bring your own one, but a lighter bottle. So, like, kind of, like make all these small steps. You don't have to bring like Rupa Tuto bags to the thing is, I'm thankful for collapsible and like foldable bags yeah. and all these things. They are so light. They don't even weigh a, a thing in like in my bag. Like I bring my laptop and everything but like my laptop is the one that takes like the most amount of weight. Like honestly like I have like all these like new things that they do like collapsible cups, collapsible um, like containers, containers and all of these yeah. things. Like they're so useful. Like so these things have been considered and they've made things so much lighter and so much convenient, more convenient for us. Obviously, yeah. things can't be like super easy. Like, it's not mm. going to be lightweight. But like, I mean, it's light, but like, it's not going to be like, you know. No weight. Yeah, you know, it's exactly. not going to be absolutely <laughs> zero weight. So, I think, yeah, it's it's already quite convenient. But yeah, again, like what Rachel said, we can't expect it to be like, just amazing and like, this, it's going to be like, completely convenient. It's We have to still step out of our comfort zone yeah. whenever we can. I mean, mm. to make any sort of like, kind of change, there's always going to be some sort of like, discomfort when you're like moving into like a different habit Mm. this is same for like exercising at the start when you do it it's like really painful you wish it gets easier it's the same for like bring your own bag bring your own like container and all that at the start it'll feel like really like 
difficult, you might forget sometimes, but then after that, it kind of really becomes a habit and it gets way easier. It's like wearing a mask. Really, it's like wearing a mask. Oh God, yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. There's so many times I forgot at the start. I left the <laughs> house without a mask. I had to go back up. It's like making small, actionable like changes, yeah, right? implementing definitely. those in your life. I'm curious yeah. to know because I think um, if, let's say we were to compare like the, the mask thing to carrying out like a reusable bag every time you want to go out, right? Mm-hmm. I think the mask clearly has a more obvious effect, right? Like, I mean, you're trying to protect yourself from, like, viruses and yeah. stuff like that. And also, it's mandatory, it's right? Mandatory, yeah. <laughs> okay, so you don't, you don't even have a choice. Yeah. But, like, yeah. you can live without, like, bringing out a tote bag, you know? And sometimes, mm-hmm. like, you have an unplanned trip to the, to, like, FairPrice, yeah. right? Mm-hmm. How, I guess the question is, like, what are some identifiable, like, barriers that people have to, when it comes to changing their environmental habits and like how do we work around that like what are some I mean we talked about it just now right but Mm -hmm. what are some other like small steps that we could implement in the household for instance to help us ease into that a bit more I think one of it is like have a shopping list so if you know that you're kind of like running low on like certain house goods or like if you want to buy food make sure you always have a shopping list before you leave the house and check around like okay do I need to buy anything today if I'm 100% sure there's nothing then okay maybe you can opt not bringing the tote bag but if you want you can always get like a smaller one the foldable ones they're like Mm. really compact that you take out and it turns like really big Mm. and I think they're quite durable too so you can definitely carry some like heavier groceries so I would say um, the first step is really to like plan out your groceries know what you have and what you don't have at home yeah Yeah. that's one of the good ways to be a little bit more um, like to prevent like that kind of like taking a bag or like not bringing a bag when you need it yeah and I think there's a lot of like alternatives nowadays like when it comes to like not just um in the kitchen like okay let's say like in the kitchen like for my mom like she uses cling wrap to like wrap all the, like the vegetables to make sure it stays mm-hmm, fresh mm-hmm, and all mm-hmm. these things mm-hmm. and like um then I realized there's this like sort of like a, a wrap that is like reusable mm. and like so instead in, at home we sort of use that instead and like even for like makeup or like skincare let's say you use like cotton buds and stuff or like uh cotton pads and stuff like that so instead of that use reusable cotton pads and like you just have to buy it once honestly it saved me so much money so it's like it's like a win-win for me so it's just like these small small alternatives you can use that um, actually help you in your life and makes things a lot more convenient so um, I think it's just like finding out about that like even um, bringing like your own utensils to stores and stuff like that when you're gonna eat out with your friends like even though this kind of small small things and like okay the, the case and the cover they sell it in is super pretty so you also look like super trendy and like fashionable just saying yeah <laughs> the Gen Z is really like coming out the fashionable <laughs> okay um Touching on Gen Z, I think with the whole like environmental movement in general, and you guys are familiar and aware, right? Like the whole climate change movement is very youth driven and youth led. Um, but I think it's only very human to doubt like how much change you can make on a global scale, especially if like you are one individual. But in this case, there's two of you guys, lah. But <laughs> I mean, there comes a time where all activists will kind of question the impact they have. Um, when it boils down to just like rejecting a plastic bag a day, right? So I think, um, how do you guys, I think first of all, like keep up with that momentum and second of all, like help other people see the impact that they have on the planet? Okay. I think first of all, I have to be very honest about it. Your individual action has is very insignificant. Like I think that's something that we have to realise and mm. it's, it's, the, it's the cold hard truth of the matter. Mm. Um, 
yes, like we, me and Rachel, like, yeah, we mm-hmm. do all these individual actions and stuff, but we don't do it because, oh, I think my action is going to save the planet. It's going to be so significant. It's going to like reduce the, the, the carbon usage and all of this. Like, <laughs> yeah. no way, not at all. I'm completely aware of that. Mm-hmm. It's just that my one action is going to inspire other people around me to make take those actions and then it sort of becomes like a butterfly effect and you know when I like bring my own container then my friend brings my own her own container and then it just like it's like a ripple effect and Mm -hmm. because of that then there is um like a how to say uh, a bigger impact on the -hmm. environment because there there is more people doing it rather Mm -hmm. than just one person doing it so when you think about individual effort it's really not just individual effort it's like a, a group it's like a community effort rather I would say yeah I think adding on to like what Rupa has mentioned it is very it would be naive to say that individual power can be able to change everything that's happening in the planet because it's it's much more complex because we are all the choices that we have is shaped and constrained by the structures that are already imposed on us Mm. so all these things are already sort of like um in a way constraining and limiting so um, how I remain sort of like how do I stay motivated is that knowing that although the structures are already there like what else can I do as an individual within these structures to kind of like mobilize my movements and mobilize other people's movements to sort of like make a change because you know it is not to say that individual efforts are not significant it is significant in a way where uh, we do have the ability to change the way other people act and other people think mm. so if I start um, sort of like um reducing plastic bag in a way where I kind of like refuse to take and then my family sees it and then they're like oh okay since Rachel's doing it maybe we should do it too Mm. and then when your friends see it they're like oh my god if I don't do it right Rachel might like think of me otherwise or like she's gonna like say something about it or she's gonna start nagging so I better also not do that so I kind of feel like it's more like a like like what Rupa has said it's like a ripple effect like a butterfly effect in which your individual effort can sign up can kind of manifest into like somebody else's day-to-day kind of like habits also mm-hmm. yeah so I, I believe that we shouldn't feel like disheartened just because um we are not able to sort of like oh change the entire planet and then like make it like 100% sustainable but in a way we should kind of work towards it and like not be held back just because we we have certain sort of like setbacks or like challenges mm. yeah. and I'm personally curious because I think um for these kind of like environmental movements and you, you guys can totally like dispute me if you don't agree but mm-hmm. they're usually quite emotionally motivated so I, I say that with the, with the by, because I think that you know like you said just now you gotta you gotta kind of tap in on like your own consciousness right mm-hmm. and ask yourself like oh um, am I doing good am I doing enough and sometimes it can get very tiring mm-hmm. right so my I think my question is how do you guys especially since you guys are the change makers in like your social groups right how do you personally like stay motivated because I think there's so many times where like I found myself in a situation where I'm like okay let's bring a tapau container but then when you go to eat with your friends sometimes you forget you're like ah yeah never mind lah just take a plastic bag this one time (laughs) and you feel guilty about it but then like you kind of like forget and everybody else is doing it and then you just spiral Mm. right Mm -hmm. out of like that whole movement so how do you guys like manage I think like activism burnout is really a thing. Yeah. Like <laughs> you really like try to like advocate for something that you're very passionate about and you continuously do it and um yeah, obviously there's changes, but there's also like setbacks come that come along the way and that's when you really feel the burnout coming. And I think I've sort of experienced it a couple of times, but the way I stay motivated is to tell myself that this is more than me. 
this thing that I'm working towards and this cause that I'm working on, it's way more than just me. It concerns Singapore, it concerns my family, like more than that, like the world. Um, that's how I kind of like stay grounded and make sure that I continue making and putting in effort because, yeah, it's like almost like... Um, I, I sort of see it as like me being selfish if I stop. But I mean, I I know that burnout is a real thing and we should take a break and stuff like that. But mm-hmm. personally, that's how I uh, motivate myself and make sure that I don't stop and like just keep like hustling. Yeah. I think like similar to Rupa, except like when I experience like activism burnout, I'm just like, oh my God, I'm going to spiral again. <laughs> oh my God, my school, my social life, my family. <laughs> I just get like really, really restless. And then sometimes I'm just like, kind of fall into that like kind of like bad state in which like you wish like you cannot hear the news and you just kind of want to be alone you know especially when you're like constantly flooded with like information because now we have our phones and all that every time you turn on your phone it's always one depressing news after the Mm -hmm. other and sometimes Mm -hmm. it's environmental related sometimes it's not and it can really get very tiring especially when you're like I think you're very I don't know empath I guess like a Mm, like definitely you kind of like absorb all this energy and I think personally for me I think I absorb quite a lot of it so if there's a lot of negative vibes I tend to like it kind of eats into me and then I just kind of like I need to sort of like take a step back and then um realize that I'm getting tired and mm, this I think is, it's about being conscious right yeah and then after that I just need to do my self-healing therapy <laughs> by like either taking a nap or like watching some like tv shows like cooling off and then um getting back on track you just gotta be like oh man up <laughs> gonna do it anyway <laughs> I, I think oh, other than this also like yeah. other than just like focusing on the environment like it's important to have like other interests too it kind of mm, helps yeah, like so I dance too so like I kind of use that as an escape from this then sometimes if I'm like too tired about dance and too stressed about it then I use the environment then obviously there's school too mm. <laughs> how can I forget so you let different things take turns to stress you out exactly. I see yes. actually that yes. sounds quite toxic but yeah that's sort of how I do it but it's, it's important to be like interested in a lot of things and like keep yourself occupied with different things and sort of distract yourself and also like what mm. Rachel said it's very very important to take breaks yeah like especially when you're dealing with serious causes like you know the environment mm, yeah I think I wanted to lead on with another question about um your journey so far so I think you, you guys mentioned at the start that it's been about two years for you both on this journey I'm wondering if in these two years right in terms of like the changes that you have seen being implemented like be it on a governmental level or like grown-up initiatives right how do you guys feel about it? Have you ever, you know, felt like angry that like not enough was done? Because I do think that sometimes the change is a bit slow, right? Are you guys like pissed off? Or are you guys like happy at the progress? I think most things are actually pretty progressive, especially in Singapore. Like uh, a lot of uh, local environmental groups, they put in a lot of effort mm. in like environmental issues, not just like plastic bag, yeah. but also like fossil fuel divestment and all of these mm. different, different topics and fashion, fast fashion and all of these things. Mm. So in that aspect, I think I'm, I'm very happy with what like local groups are, are trying to achieve. In terms of like um, political changes that are happening, they're definitely very progressive and definitely a lot of things are going on. It's just definitely we want to see a lot more. Uh, we, we see Singapore like in the forefront of this like environmental journey and in influencing other countries. So definitely we will expect a lot more from Singapore. And I think whatever Singapore does, a lot of other countries sort of like follow mm-hmm, food. So mm-hmm. even though we're a small country and whatever we do here doesn't make a lot of difference, because of the amount of influence and respect that we have all over the world, it does have a huge impact. And so because of that, only we would we would love to see it a little bit more accelerated. 
but we do understand like you know it change takes time so um yeah we are very patient we are waiting obviously we do get pissed off and all these things yeah, sometimes but yeah. we understand that there are bigger things in play it's not just us like fighting and like asking for environmental change because there's way more than that there's so many intersectionalities when it comes to environmentalism mm-hmm. like you know uh, social divide class like uh, race gender all of these different things come into play mm-hmm. and we can't just um focus on environmentalism alone i think that's very naive and that's very close minded mm-hmm. so even now in bible passivex we try to focus on like intersectionality and like you know accessibility disability different 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 types of things that mm-hmm. i feel like environmentalists did not consider last time and mm-hmm. yeah i think because of that you no know, we're so we understanding and not getting as pissed off yeah. <laughs> for sure yeah i think in terms of governmental sort of like initiatives and policy changes and stuff We do see that like Singapore government do try to make these um sort of like changes to make Singapore more sustainable and more green. I mean, as much as we like to say that we are like a green city and all that, we may sometimes criticize the government saying that, oh, um, we are kind of like very slow as compared to like other countries. Like I mean, Bali as an island has managed to ban plastic bags, but Singapore also an island hasn't managed to do that. I'm pretty sure that if Singapore wanted to implement such a policy, they really could. Mm. I mean, if they could implement like a mandatory mask thing in such a short period of time, mm. I don't see why sort of like implementing like a plastic ban or like a plastic charge. So what's what's the hold up? Yeah, like what's the hold up exactly? Like mm. how come we're not doing it? Like mm. I think um a lot of it is like I think they're afraid of the backlash that's going to come from the public. So I think in terms of supermarket wise, I think a lot of supermarkets are afraid that if we stop giving plastic bags, we will lose customers to a competing sort of like brand. So unless all of them sort of like collectively like okay we're going to start charging to um our customers then I feel like there could be a little bit of like an equal playing field but if only one charge and like the others don't mm. then it's kind of like I mean we are living in a capitalist world businesses are still going to want to make money so mm. we have to kind of like make the ground more equal I would say mm. uh there are definitely some like success stories also like IKEA um It's such a big store. Everyone goes every day. Like there's so many people there all the time. It's so famous, so popular. But still, they do not use plastic bags, mm. and still they get so much demand, so much popularity. Mm. Like yeah, we, we people actually have to buy the bags if you don't realize. I think we we sort of like don't realize because like we, we always go there all the time. Mm. But like it's it's so successful. People don't stop going to IKEA just because oh they are they they stop they banned uh, yeah. plastic bags there. In fact, people a lot of people go even more because the bags are really sturdy. So people actually reusable. want to buy them. It's yes, true. I'm a fan. Exactly. The small ones. Them cute. Oh, yeah. <laughs> the blue Even ones, the big right? ones. I use it all the time for like you know if I'm going for a camp or something. Like it's so useful, and I think if um big companies like IKEA can do it, I think this would inspire a lot of other companies to to do it. Like mm. in 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 the business front. For mm. sure. So I think the question is like then ground up or top down thoughts. <laughs> ground up or top down. I would say definitely a combination of both. Yeah, it has to complement one another. Um, we can't just expect everything to come from above and not do anything from below. So I guess we are more of like ground up, mm-hmm. yeah, for sure. For sure. Mm-hmm. So as when we are doing all of these things, we also 
um, we get frustrated and stuff because we we expect it to come from top down as well. And mm. uh, for top down also, we we they also expect us to do it from here. And then there comes like a nice, uh, cool collaboration between both sides. Mm. So like even by plastic bags, we like collaborate with like the government or like different community clubs all the time. And like that's when we really see like both the top down and the ground up coming together. And it's just so beautiful to see. Yeah. Um, like we can really see like both sides really being so conscious and um, both sides really wanting the same thing for yeah. for one another and and again it's like teaching one another and educating one another like yeah we're really young but like you know uh, we kind of feel sometimes like who are we to like teach um people that are older than us who have been in the field way longer than us but i think it's just about perspectives like we sort of bring like fresh perspectives there and they sort of understand the the climate and the and the how the the current climate in singapore is right now and so we kind of like teach one another and help one another achieve like this nice balance and come up with new and fresh solutions. I don't think there can be like only one way because if it's completely top down then people at the bottom would feel like oh the government or like whoever mm. is like asking me or like the corporations big corporations are um, forcing me to sort of like change my habits but if it's bottom up and also top down I feel like you can sort of like find more of a middle ground and this is what we have in Singapore and I think the government actually do try to engage us into like sort of like starting co- uh, conversations so they do try and understand how environmental groups uh, feel about their policies and things like that which is I would say very progressive already because mm. not a lot of people would want to hear what the younger people want to, not want to say. Not a lot of countries do that. Yes, sure. yes, not a lot of countries yeah. do that. Yeah, so. and it's quite interesting, right? Because I think we were just chatting about this just now about the fact that like Bye Bye Plastic mm-hmm. Bags is a global movement. Yeah. So are you guys aware of like how the other countries around the world do it? Mm-hmm. And I guess like how does that compare to like the local movement in Singapore? Yeah, so um, actually every month, like I meet up with these like uh global uh ambassadors and cool. global leaders from every uh country. So we there's like over fifty teams, and so I get to see them like over Zoom, of course, <laughs> uh every um every month, and it's so cool to see like where they are, and like every every time when we come when we meet up, we come. Uh, we come up with like updates and some of them will be like oh today we just banned like plastic bags in our mm. country and it's just so cool and so inspiring for us to see and yeah so like different countries have different journeys like some of them are definitely like developing countries some are developed countries so it's interesting to see the balance and just learning from them how they overcame all their challenges and um, definitely here I feel like we are more like uh, secure safe and um, some other countries have it a lot harder and yet they are able to ban and so it's just a, a lot more inspiring to see that um, mm-hmm. like for example I think even Rachel mentioned like Bali which is where Bye Bye Plastic Bags was founded mm-hmm. they managed to um, ban uh, plastic bags plastic bags there and it was done by a bunch of like uh, 12 and, and 15 yeah they were old. very very young mm-hmm. yeah. yeah so if it just makes me it makes us tell like okay if they can do it we can do it too yeah, yeah definitely because um, I mean Meletti and her sister both kind of like started this movement when they were very young I think it was they, they felt inspired that's why they were like okay you know what I want to do something within Bali and it was really because of these two sisters that managed to make Bye Bye Plastic Bags such a big movement that they are constantly travelling to give talks and like they even work with like United Nations and all these kinds of things and they even work with like children and I, I think it's just overall really inspiring and it's just seeing that these two girls and, and their female figures also that feels very empowering mm-hmm. for like people like us mm. yeah mm. I was just gonna comment that it it's kind of like model UN you know a bunch of yeah, <laughs> yeah. Actually, yeah it's no of, but it's great it's yeah, so it's exciting awesome. and I think that it's nice to kind of like 
capture that energy mm-hmm. from mm. people who are like like-minded yeah. right and kind of like bounce it off that helps with a bit of like the fatigue in activism and yeah. to keep the momentum going right mm-hmm. I think we're just gonna round up with like one last question with regards to the movement back home I think <laughs> just now we're talking about how plastic bags are I think a thing of our maybe more of our parents kind of generation mm. and I'm sure that you guys can relate, right? Like, when trying to talk about environmentalism, it's quite difficult to sometimes get your parents to change because, mm. you know, we live in a in a society where your parents tell you what to do and not the other way around, mm. right? Um, how do you manage or how, what's your advice that you give somebody who wants to kind of influence their parents to take on this initiative or challenge? Definitely influencing parents is the hardest thing ever. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Honestly, if you can do that, you can do anything. It's true. So <laughs> you're just like, you know what, forget it. Yeah. Forget it. Yeah. I give up. Yeah, exactly. It takes years and years of effort. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I would say I've sort of like kind of influenced them, but it was a really, really, really hard. Um, at first, it was just like me giving like facts and stats and be like, no, this, 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 it's going to happen by 2050. Like, there's yeah. going to be more, more uh, and then plastic just standing there, like mm. Yeah, so it's like basically me telling stats and all these facts to my parents and then like telling them like even things like, oh, by 2050, there'll be more plastics and fish in the ocean. And they'll be like, okay, yeah, but who's going to buy the groceries later? Like, you know, like, <laughs> like, what, are the people going to come and buy the groceries? No, right? So it's like, yeah, it's, it's obviously like, it's like talking to a wall, but like, oh, sorry, mom. But, <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, it, it, it takes a lot of effort. And mm. something that I've realized over the years is when I'm talking to someone about um, being environmentally conscious and like trying to like sort of switch their mindset a little bit, I realized that you need to start with their click. Everyone has a click. So mm. what's a click? A click is basically something that um, someone is very passionate about. Mm. For example, my sister, she's super like into fashion and all of these things. She At first, she didn't really care about the environment that much. She didn't really see a point. Um, but then I told her like about all of these like things, like how fast fashion brands like use, like um, they have super poor labor laws and like, you know, they t- take up so much um, water and cotton when they use, when they, when they produce these like uh, clothings. And then she was like, okay, so what can I do? And then I was like, dude, there are these like trendy vintage uh, thrift stores mm. and they are like super cheap. I mean, yes, they're secondhand, but they're so cool. You know, you can like, you can put like hashtags and all be super cool. And then she's like, mm, okay, cool, cool, cool. Then like from there, then she started like thrifting and all that. So now we like go to thrift stores together mm. and all these things so she started there and now she's a lot more environmentally conscious so mm. I realised everyone has a click so for my parents <laughs> the click was saving money mm. <laughs> saving money so basically like um, you know not uh, taking up the plastic bag charge even the 10 cent is like oh shit it's a lot you know for, for parents <laughs> it's like oh, it's too much yeah it's like 10 cents out of my, my pay are you gonna are you gonna pay me back no right you're studying so yeah so even that, so like just small things like alternatives, like um, uh, what I mentioned earlier, like makeup, buying like makeup, um, uh, reusable pads and like for kitchen items, like buying exactly what you need, not buying more than what you need is something that um, they don't really understand because, you know, in Asian culture, like you need to buy a lot. But then they, when they see like the, the bill at the end and they're like, oh, okay, actually, yeah, it kind of makes sense, huh? So now, like even recently, like I had a birthday party and um, my parents, like without even asking me, they, they usually use like the plastic plates. And then they were like, um, they, they like when my friends came over, they they used like our own plates, and mm. they were like so proud. They're like, okay, you know, like we're gonna use our own plates, guys. Please, we're we not gonna use our, our plastic plates. And like they didn't even consult me or anything. And I thought that was super sweet. And like, yes, it sounds super small, like it's not like a big deal. But to me, it took so long to get here, and 
just to get my parents to come to this point is already a huge, huge win for me. Mm. Yeah. yeah, I definitely agree, Rupa. Like convincing parents is like, I think one of the toughest thing ever. Like especially for my mom and my dad, where like convenience is like so important to them. Mm-hmm. They're like, no, I don't want to bring my own bag. I'm like, guys, please, we got to do it. And my sister always backs me up, so it's really nice to have like people who are like, hey, yeah, mom, don't don't take the plastic bag. And like every time when we go out, like if we need to get like take away food, she'll be like, daddy, you better not take the plastic spoon. <laughs> And then my dad would be like, but I paid for it already. And then she's like, ah, I don't care. So it kind of is nice to have someone that also kind of like is on the same um, wavelength as you. And then it's like trying to convince your parents. I think you put a little bit more pressure on them. And then they're like, okay, okay, my daughters are like putting pressure on me. So I better do something or else like they're going to think of me like like I'm mm. a bad parent. So I think in that sense, my me and my sister are in a in a way we have managed to convince our parents to be a little bit more sustainable and environmentally friendly I definitely do see that like in my mom's like lifestyle she when she want to bring like um, packed uh, food from home she always use her own container and her own little bag and I think like it's these little small things that make me feel like okay yeah my parents are also kind of having a, they're kind of shifting their perspective and they're supporting they're supporting a lot of what I'm doing so like bye bye plastic bag do a lot of like cleanups and stuff so my dad would be like oh okay I can drop you off and then I can pick you up later so it's like things like that and then he'd be like okay I can help you carry your supplies there and it's like knowing that your parents kind of like have your bag and they support the movement and all that mm. is quite nice to see yeah mm. I, I wanted to add on to like Rupa's point about the what makes your parents tick I just want to share that like for my mom, my mom is very like she's quite into animals so I was telling her a bit, like about environmentalism for a while I was doing all the stats and stuff right and it was, she was just it was just like flying past her right. until one day she saw a video of like the turtle of the you know that very famous video yes. the turtle with the straw up his nose she was oh. like my god so sad so I got like five <laughs> reusable straws I'm like firstly that's not the point but I'm glad it's ticking you know yeah. <laughs> so yeah I think that's a really good tip I wanna just ask one last question Um, yeah. what tips what's some final nuggets of wisdom you guys have for anybody who's tuning in on how to live more sustainably uh yeah so like like what i said just now about clicking right so make sure you know what clicks for you and then you start there this is for people that are new to the environment to environmentalism so you start there and then slowly build it up and i think something that's very important is again no one is perfect you can't do everything at once so make sure you do it step by step um do one thing at a time and another thing that you can do is obviously follow local environmental groups local activists i think that's very important that really make sure that you're continuously learning and that you're not just you know stuck into this one narrow um uh environmental issue like even though we're in bye bye plastic bags we make sure that we talk about other issues like you know uh, fast fashion like possible divestment and stuff like this we Mm -hmm. don't just stick to one place because it's way more than that and issues that concern the planet and the environment is just in like innumerable like so um, we have to make sure that we are continuously educating ourselves um, and this is a, like a, a very easy way you don't have to google it just make sure you follow different accounts mm-hmm. and make sure that you do it slow step by step there's no rush at all and just remember remember that we are all imperfect people and it's okay to be imperfect yeah um, definitely agree with what Rupa said that it's all about like step by step Okay, the, so we have our five steps, right? So this is what usually we teach, like what we teach um the kids, where, especially when we're doing like presentations to like preschoolers and primary schoolers. So we kind of tell them, okay, the first step is to basically say no. And saying no is basically refusing. And that's kind of like the simplest one. That's like step one. And then second is reduce, reuse, 
recycle and the last one is repurpose. So repurpose is like, you know, upcycling and like making what you don't need into something more useful. Even though like uh, repurpose can seem um, a little bit difficult, especially if you don't have like a DIY background, it's actually quite fun. You can go on Pinterest and like Google oh, repurposing ideas, like upcycling. It's really fun actually to do. Mm. So I think kind of like um, refusing is a really, really good first step and kind of like taking in that conscious effort to stay updated with the news and what's happening around the world and I think because Bye Bye Plastic Bags is sort of like a youth driven initiative I think the power in youth is that we will be the leaders of the future mm. and we will be sort of like all these decision makers and all that so it's very important where you kind of like stay updated about your politics about your environment and um, bye bye plastic bags like what Rupa said it's not just about plastic bag because it, it'll be very naive to think that all like all we can do to solve um, climate change is just to eliminate the use of plastic bags when it's much much larger than that so we definitely do um, you know encourage people to sort of like look at environmental issues in a broader and bigger aspects like ecosystems fuel and all that kind of stuff like carbon footprint like reducing um traveling and things like that or like making sure like your one-way travel is like more efficient than like taking like multiple and things like that so it's all about like um making the conscious effort and not beating yourself up too much for it if you don't succeed immediately because it's gonna be a little bit difficult and it's gonna be a little bit like uncomfortable at the start but it gets easier when you get used to it i would say yeah Cool. I feel very encouraged because, and I'm th- very thankful that you guys didn't call me out for this, but for the fact that I have a plastic cup sitting right here, <laughs> I'm just going to call myself out. That's yes, how I good, stay good, accountable. Good, good, good. Yeah. Um, but thank you. I learned a lot from the two of you guys. Hopefully all of you tuning in as well have learned some tips on how to not only manage, I think, your own sustainability efforts but also to impact those around you thanks Rachel and Rupa for joining me on the show so if anyone wants to find out more about their movement where can they find you guys so on Instagram we are at buybyplasticbags.sg where we share a lot of cool content and like again like we said it's super digestible so follow us and uh, if you want to find out more about our global uh, movement uh, you can find out find us on buybyplasticbags.org thank you (laughs) thank Thank you. you This show was brought to you by Youthtopia. This project showcases everyday Singaporeans that have made an impact in our society. Have someone in mind? Nominate that person at youthtopia.sg forward slash impact.